Support for this podcast provided by Wisconsin Historical Society Press, proud publishers of Madison in the 60s by Stuart Levitin, an absorbing and evocative account of 10 years that changed the city forever. To order Madison in the 60s and other beautiful books that share our state's centuries-long history and culture in service to the mission of the Wisconsin Historical Society, visit wisconsinhistory.org slash whspress. Madison in the 60s, December 10th, 1967. The Death of Otis Redding. Otis Redding was one of the breakout stars at the Monterey Pop Festival in June, blowing minds with powerful performances of songs like Shake, Try a Little Tenderness, and the song he wrote, which Aretha Franklin made a huge hit, Respect. Afterwards, he had to take some time off to recover from throat surgery. But he's back on the road in fall, and now he's coming to Madison for his first Wisconsin appearance. Two shows on Sunday, December 10th at The Factory, Ken Adamani's new night spot at 315 West Gorham Street. The dynamic King of the Soul Singers has appearances coming up in the Ed Sullivan and Johnny Carson shows. There's a duet album with Aretha Franklin in the works, and he's about to take a Christmas trip to Vietnam to entertain the troops. But tonight, two shows in the 1,500-person capacity factory, presented by Kaleidoscope Incorporated, with a light show by the Electrocution Company. The contract is for $3,000 and another $1,750 if both shows sell out. The early show doesn't, but it looks like the 9 o'clock show will. Tickets 3 bucks at Discount Records, three fifty at the door. The opening act is a band Adamani manages from Rockford called The Grim Reapers, featuring guitarist Rick Nielsen and Tom Peterson on bass. Redding plays Cleveland Saturday night and is flying up Sunday in the well-used green and white Beechcraft 18 airplane he had just bought for $78,000. Normal capacity is 5 to 6. Redding's party is 8 with 7 fellow Georgians. His five-man backing band, the Barquets, pilot Richard Frazier, and a teenage assistant. The godfather of soul himself, James Brown, had personally told him the twin 450 engines weren't big enough, but it's Redding's pride and joy. It's raining so heavily in Cleveland on December 10th that some flights from Hopkins Field are grounded, but Otis doesn't want to disappoint his fans, so it's wheels up. The weather's a bit better in south-central Wisconsin, but still a damp drizzle and heavy fog, ceiling only about 100 feet, visibility just a little over a mile. Fraser knows he'll need to make an instrument landing, so the Georgian sets the plane on autopilot and doesn't realize that ice is building up on the frame. Redding is in the co-pilot seat, probably asleep. Bernard Reese president of the Gardner Baking Company, is outside at his lakeside house on Monona's Tonywatha Trail. He hears the plane and thinks the motors sound like they're laboring. At 3.25 p.m., the plane is four miles south of Madison Municipal Airport, about 1,200 feet above the lake. Fraser gets clearance and lowers the landing gear. Suddenly, with no call of distress, the plane sputters and stalls and falls into the wintry water, about a half mile out from the 4600 block of Tony Watha Trail. Rees watches in horror and races inside to call police. Then he and neighbor Chris Dickert go out in his boat to help. It's Dickert who sees something gray and shiny bobbing in the water. Otis's attaché case. Madison and Monona police divers get there in a hurry, but are only able to make one rescue. Trumpeter Ben Cauley of the backing band Barquets. 
this week celebrating his 20th birthday, pulled from the 34-degree water just in time. The others are all dead. It's difficult and dangerous work recovering the bodies. Otis isn't found until Monday. One of the most dynamic performers of his day died still strapped into his seat. Some magazines actually published a macabre photo attesting to that tragic irony. About 4.30, police call Adam at the factory and ask him to send someone down to identify the bodies. Police later report that the attaché case contained about $4,000, part of the payments for the show in Cleveland and a fraternity dance at Vanderbilt. But neither case nor cash are returned to Redding's widow Zelma or his father when they come to Madison to bring Otis home. Record company executive Phil Walden and road manager Twiggs Lyon are able, however, to get coroner Clyde Chamberlain to overlook the small bag of marijuana found in Redding's pocket. It's getting close to the 6.30 showtime, and the chilled crowd is waiting impatiently outside. It falls to Gary Carp, keyboard player with a white trash blues band, to go to the club's second-floor window to announce the show's been canceled. At first, many are suspicious and start to boo. In the era of music should be free, they quickly conclude Otis had never really been booked. Carp repeats the awful news, and the terrible reality sets in. A stunned silence falls over the crowd. It's not quite two months since the campus riot between police and protesters over recruiting by the Dow Chemical Company, and cops worry what might happen. They ask Adamani to open the club so people can focus on music rather than grief and anger. Adamani gets a Milwaukee R&B band, Lee Brown and the Cheaters, and lets the crowd in for free. While Otis was in the Bay Area for Monterey, he stayed on a houseboat in Sausalito and started a song about watching the ships come and go. He brought it back to Memphis, where guitarist and producer Steve Cropper finished the lyrics. It's a softer, contemplative song, and Stax Records Vice President Al Bell worries about its marketability. But Otis trusts his own artistic instinct. This is my first million seller right here he says as he finishes recording the vocal on December 7th. Zelma doesn't really like it, and Stax Records Company President Jim Stewart won't release it until Steve Cropper mixes in some waves and seagulls. Otis underestimated its potential. Released January 8, 1968, sitting on the dock of the bay, tops both the R&B and pop charts, wins two Grammy Awards, and sells about four million copies. Grim Reaper musicians Nielsen and Peterson later formed the band Cheap Trick, which was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2016, 27 years after Otis Redding. The National Transportation Safety Board lists the cause of the crash as miscellaneous, undetermined. And that's this week's Madison the 60s. For your Award-winning, listener-supported, soul-music-loving WORT News Team, I'm Stu Levitan. <laughs>